Okay. Okay. Welcome to season three of everything. All right. Right? Sure. I mean, this is like year five. <laughs> year five, season three. We're on a um a reverse British rotation. Because they do really quick seasons. Right. We're on a Game of Thrones season. You don't know how long winter's gonna last with us. Yeah. Um so wrapping up some season two business. Okay. Season two is a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh True Detective season three sucked. Did you finish it? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was very disappointing. I, it was so disappointing that we stopped doing the podcast for three months. <laughs> That's the real reason it derailed this whole venture. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very. It was. It was pretty disappointing. You know, like we. I think like we talked about before. You know, it's been a while, so I don't really remember. And I also don't remember the show because it's been a while since the show ended. But there were still like elements of stuff that I was like, "Oh man, this is interesting." But this somehow it never capitalizes on any of that stuff, and it just ends up being really disappointing it's really well acted and doesn't really end up doesn't really add up to anything yeah um and so i'm also left kind of thinking like because at the beginning of season three after listening to that shoot the dancing bear podcast I was like, oh, man, I was so wrong about Nick Pizzolatto. And, yeah, the second season was bad, but I'll give him credit for trying these things. Got ideas. Right, that other people were seeing. And then the first two episodes of season three came out. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And then it all goes downhill. And so now I'm back to where I'm almost back. I'm almost in, like, in a purgatory now because I'm like, well, I agree with all that stuff that they said about the first season and how good the first season was and all these different you know what I mean? But then the mm-hmm. second season, I'm not there on. And the third season, I don't know. So <laughs> is it like officially done? Was the third? Do you, have they said anything about that? Like, No, they're, they're going to do a season four. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. They've said definitively they're doing a season four. Mm. I think as definitively as you can get before casting and all that stuff. So I feel like it could, it could change any moment. But I feel like, so I watch Game of Thrones. and. It's funny because I feel like HBO is really pushing this like, hey, we got a lot of programming. Don't leave after Game of Thrones. And before every show, there's like a two minute sizzle reel of all the shows that they have. And so I feel like they're not in a position to kind of, even if Nick Pizzolatto or season three wasn't great for them, I feel like they're in a position where they're like, yeah, Nick, if you want it, it's there for you. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, so what are you using to fill the uh, two-month-removed True Detective hole in your uh, viewing schedule? Um, you mean, like, right now? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> watching the best show on TV, Barry. Okay. Have you stuck with it? No. You're done? Uh, no, we'll, we'll probably go back to it. 
what how far into season one did you get five episodes maybe how many are in season one four or five i don't know total i think you're you're close to the end well then maybe only did two or three <clears throat> we've done i want to say at least three um and your your reaction is mixed yeah i just feel like i feel like it probably suffers from the like michael scott syndrome where it's like in order to make people funny you just make everyone kind of like an ignorant sort of asshole but also kind of lovable you know what i mean Mm -hmm. which was kind of like the michael scott character but i just don't feel like it works when literally every single person in the show is that character you know what i mean like the Russian hitmen or mafia guys are that way. Barry's that way. The female actress, aspiring actress is that way. The aspiring actor who gets killed, it's like everybody acts that way. But then you also have these moments with the girl where she's like breaking down and she's like having a genuine, what's supposed to be like a genuine, insightful moment and emotion but all I can think about is like how some of the stuff she said is just like absurdly stupid Terrible. and oblivious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I can't, I have a hard time getting past that disconnect. I think the show is aware of that disconnect and what it does is really interesting. Ah, excuse me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I will agree that there are moments where you don't know if somebody just experienced character growth or just like a moral hiccup Uh and you're like, Oh, is this a lasting change? And in the next scene you realize like, Nope, they just literally had a, like they, they accidentally tripped into a moral away epiphany. Mm -hmm. Uh, and now they're back out of it. Um, but I think, I think it builds to something and, I found it like really moving. The end of season one gets like surprisingly moving. And then season two and in the last episode, season two does something completely unexpected in a way that helps explain the world a little bit. It's almost as if something happened in the office that helped you place it in another universe than ours and be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. now it makes sense. Like now it makes complete sense instead of this is an absurdist version of, Scranton. Yeah. So I would say stick with it. It's 30 minute episodes. And I don't think that you, you can't tell me that that doesn't like have a visceral feel to it. Right. Of being refreshing when after 30 minutes it's done. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for 30 minute episodes. Yeah. That's I, the, probably the only reason why we've watched so many. Yeah. Oh, well I'm not somebody who I, I tend to kind of have a knee jerk dismissive reaction to articles that are like, no film should be beyond two hours because mm-hmm. there's always exceptions. And even those are like, yeah, sure. There's exceptions, but generally speaking, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't agree with that, but in a landscape of just hour long, you know, dramas and shows everywhere to actually watch them. this 30 minutes. It's like kind of a, a slap in the face in a, Oh, a wake up in a good mm-hmm. way. You know? Yeah. Um, 
stick with that. I wanted to talk a little bit about Game of Thrones, but I, I kind of wanted to lead into that. Okay. Because I have thoughts on Game of Thrones. <clears throat> but Lisa and I are watching that. Um, the other thing I've been turning to in this downtime are uh, memes and YouTube mm-hmm. videos and stuff. And I just wanted to address a few. Um, number one, and, and maybe see if you get sucked into the same, you know, uh, pit holes, pit holes, potholes. Sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, pit inter- holes. internet pit holes mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that I do. Um, number one, a wait for it video. Mm-hmm. Do you watch those? Mm, it depends on how long the video is. I'm scrolling through YouTube or Reddit and I see yeah, wait it's for like it. A GIF. And I just click on yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Every time. Yeah, of course. And I hate that I click as on it. As long as it's a GIF. But a video you won't watch. No, probably not. See, I'll freaking I'll because I'll open in a new tab. Right. And so I I will just like open new tab, open new tab, open new tab. And then I'll watch whatever I've flagged in the next. Mm-hmm. If it's a video, I'm watching the dumb, stupid video all the way through. Oh, no. See, I can't, for the do, wait for I it. can't do that either. I, I have to, if I'm actively looking, watching something, I have to then go into the comments to see what is being said in the comments. I can't just like open it all up and then go through all of it and then. I never look at the comments. Oh, I always go in and look at the comments. Sometimes I don't even look at the thing. I just go to the comments. <laughs> Why would you do that? Because I want to see what people are saying. But you don't even know what it is if you haven't watched it. Well, so what? I'm not <laughs> commenting on it. I just want to know what people are saying. What? I'm, you're, you're a conversation And then sometimes. On Reddit. And then like, sometimes the comments will get me to go back and watch the thing. Oh, my God. God, that's so much more work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, it's not. Because what? Because what if I watch it and you're like, and then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have watched that thing. It's much quicker to go in the comments and then see the top comment and be like, wow, this is dumb. Yeah, no, be, beyond. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I back out. Beyond just feeling like this is dumb, I'm not going to have a worse reaction than that. So I'm just going to watch it, get to the end of it, Get to the wait for it, which means you have to watch the whole thing because usually that means something's happening right. in the last little bit. And, uh, and, and then I'm moving on with my life, but I don't want to hang out there. I don't want to see what people are reading. I don't want to be convinced to watch the dumb video. I just want to be made to feel like crap or, okay. be, or be given just a little bit of a, of a not even a laugh. Well, I don't, I don't little... want that. I want to know what's going on in the cultural <laughs> conversation. That's so weird. I want to know what the zeitgeist Over a wait is. wait for it video? Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what it is. I just don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Does that, I mean, that's, that, that seems strange to me that you, it seems strange to me that you open all these things disassociated from anything else and then just watch through them. It's like a, it's like a. It's like the thing. It's like the thing from uh, Clockwork Orange. No, the, the only thing that matters is my enjoyment or my despair. Now, see, that's not what I use Reddit for. I that's guess. it. That, I, I use Reddit because I want to know what's going on. 
But, but you're not going to know anything from a wait for it video. If the title of the video is wait for it and then you click on it, that just means something's going to happen. Well, okay. In first the very of all, last... I don't know what you're on some old man version of the internet then where like all the wait for it videos are just called wait for it. They have titles. Yeah. But I'm saying the, the general idea, like you can tell by the title, whatever it is, that no, it okay. is a wait for it right. video. And if the combination of the title and the thumbnail from the video don't intrigue me, intrigue me enough to maybe want to know what's going on, I'll go to the comments. No, I, if I, they're good enough, then I'll watch the thing. And if it's nothing, I'll just go right past it. That's still roundabout. But I will see plenty of just wait for it videos where all the time is wait for it. And you're like, okay. Well, I don't know where you're going on the internet, but that's some, la- that's some lazy. No, there's no way. We look at a we'll different homepage then. Okay. I'll, I'll take some screenshots. All right. Or maybe you're thinking about the subreddit name because there's no. a subreddit name that's called like wait for it or unexpected, stuff like that. No, because I don't subscribe to. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Right, right. So if you, yeah, but, but if you go to the home, if you're going to the homepage or all, you're looking at the most popular collection yes. of all of the subreddits. I can tell the difference between a title. And a subreddit. Okay. I'm not that. (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying, like, you take screenshots of people's phone numbers in your phone and then send the screenshot to people instead of just copying and pasting the phone number. I don't even know what you just said. Okay, exactly. That rolls right off me. All right. Um the latest meme that has quickly soured for me. I when it first came up, this is mainly on Twitter. Right. I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now I cannot stand is the nobody blank yeah. me, you know, insert whatever. Yeah. I just, I. That always seemed a little lazy to me. I was never a big fan of that one. There, there were some early on that it, they got me, but now they all feel lazy. It just seems to me, it's a, it just seems like it's a leaning a little bit too closely to the, like, look at how random I am. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I mean like, and people have updated it where there'll be like, you know, my anxiety or like me, my anxiety. Yeah. And that, that still has some legs, but the nobody me needs to be retired, taken out back. See, I think you have the timeline on that backwards, too. I think the nobody me meme is the evolution of the anxiety, my anxiety slash my depression meme. Well, then this is a sad case where the child needs to die before the parent. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You just got to be like, sorry, the thing you birthed is not worthy of carrying on your lineage. Uh, 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 a meme for uh, the pro-choice movement. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pro, pro-lifers. Keep the nobody me. Pro-choicers. <laughs> Time to go right. back to me. <laughs> the nobody me. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, th- there's other ones like on Twitter, the brick wall. And then the little guys at the bottom. Uh-huh. Saying whatever they're embarrassed about, which this is not related, but I was thinking about this. 
I was listening to somebody talking on a podcast and they were talking about their guilty pleasures. And then I saw on Letterboxd somebody had like put a list, like my guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. And like I opened it up and it's full of like oh, now I'm trying to remember. <clears throat> Even you know, Fast and Furious franchise and guilty pleasures like the Sherlock the the uh, Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes, or mm. whatever, and it's like it's either really dumb stuff or stuff that has like some entertainment value to like just sit in front of and and mindlessly yeah. watch. And I was looking through my recent films, and I just stumbled upon like a guilty pleasure that like redefined, not redefined. It is like the platonic ideal of a guilty pleasure. And it was like an epiphany Mm. to me because I was like, this term has been so watered down where what is a guilty pleasure anymore? Right. So much coming at us and like, what do I need to feel guilty about watching? I realized it's not any of these other like mainstream stuff or whatever. Mm. You know what? The platonic ideal of a guilty pleasure is Sicario 2. I literally feel sick to my stomach that I like that film. Uh I agree with everything people say about it who hated it Mm -hmm. and find it problematic. And the content itself is problematic. It's not even like uh, just stupid. It's not. It's sin is not that it dumbs us down, right? It's not like just a dumb comedy. It's not Ace Ventura or whatever. It actually propagates the false narrative that suicide bombers are getting in at our southern border, sneaking mm-hmm. in with law-seeking you know, asylum seekers, like right. law-abiding uh, asylum seekers. And you know what? Yeah. Freaking open the borders. I don't care. You know, Mm. that is, that's dangerous. I still like the film. That's a guilty pleasure. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that where you legitimately feel guilt. Yeah. I feel like if we are weighed, our actions on this earth are weighed good and bad. That would actually factor in like that would, that would be some weight put into my negative camp. Yeah. I liked Sicario too. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. So you were able to get past the uh, finger waggle assassination? Oh, (laughs) dude. That stuff. That film is so ridiculous. Does it happen more than once? No, that is it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just like, it's well acted. It's, you know... For what it is, it's it's just it's a pleasure, and God, I feel guilty. Yeah. So I guess by your definition, a, for a guilty pleasure, it has to be something that's like measurably bad for the culture or society, <laughs> for the world, yes. not just a bad movie. Right. Right. Yeah, because it's like we all like bad movies. Right. And in some sense, every movie's bad. It's all bad. So, yeah, you're not differentiating yourself when you're like, ooh, I 
I like this really bad movie. Yeah. And you have to genuinely enjoy it, which I do. I've mm-hmm. thought about rewatching it. Yeah. Okay. But then I think about the content in it, and I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. Still has like four stars on my letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you sullied your letterbox with it. Sully, no, that that is the record, man. After I'm gone, Indy's gonna go back and be like, "Oh, right, yeah, yeah." Let me geez. check out this letterbox profile. <laughs> <laughs> what was he? Back, by then, when Sicario Two has been scrubbed off the face of the earth because our society. So, are you going to, to add a disclaimer to your review of like, "Hey, listen, I know this is bad." Oh, that's or what my the, review is. That is. In the review, okay. My my review is. I feel guilty when I think about this. I okay. feel guilty that I like this. It is like looking at it made me write that review. Like sure. that's what I was like, this is it. And I realized like in terms of guilty pleasures, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I think by that definition, I don't have any guilty pleasures. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Do you know how many actual guilty pleasures are out there? Right. Like people have to make a film that's reprehensible. And then you have to legitimately go and enjoy it. And, and that's where the Disney, like you bowl makes objective films. Right. But they all suck. You know, I, I would challenge anybody who's like, I really like the you bowl film. Be like, no, you don't. Yeah. But if anybody pushed me gun to my head and they're like, did you really enjoy? Sakura well, too? yeah. I mean, they may, like, I'm dead. Yeah, right. Yeah. They may actually like the movie, but they're, but, but when they say that it's a good movie, they're just bluffing. It's more for like a, it's an act, right? They know it's a bad movie, but they just like watching it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of bad things that people like to watch. Yeah. Or, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, but there are some guilty pleasures, but I just want people to be honest and be like, hey, Birth of a Nation fans, <laughs> get out here. <laughs> yeah. Own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yeah, now now I'm now I'm thinking about guilty pleasures. I mean, like I was thinking about like Woody Allen films. Yeah, you know, good yeah, films where like he pleasure. makes it problematic. Louis C.K. stuff. Well, yeah. yeah. See, but but it's like it's like it's more about them than their film. You know what I mean? Or their film is problematic because of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Woody Allen's a creep. So, yeah. um, the other the other thing that got me thinking about memes. It's May 1st. Okay. And I blocked people based on this. People shared the Justin Timberlake, it's going to be May. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And I just freaking can't stand. Like, that Uh gets me furious. Yeah. Like, physically angry and upset. Is that... that they're posting it like at what what level of irony does that become funny there none. is none there's no there's no way of being like i know right. you know what i mean and there's no like i used to be a big fan of them you know what i mean or but there's no like listen i know that this is bad like almost like the guilty pleasure thing like i know yeah. this is legitimately bad and i'm not doing it because i i know because i think it's funny I'm doing it because I know how absolutely unfunny it is. And that makes it funny. This is so toxic. None. This is so toxic. Okay. You can't approach it. 
Okay. The, it is like <clears throat> the joke that you're pulling is it's like you shaved off radiation and put it in somebody's food. And they ate it and you're like, ah, ha, ha, right. now you have cancer. Like you're spreading. That's what you're spreading. Okay. You know what I mean? Just pure hatred. You're just, you're just it, linking. It might, it might be a little dramatic for a Justin Timberlake meme, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I got to ease back into this season. We've been off for a while. Uh, but I, but I told you I do get upset. I believe it now. My table's oh, shaking. I see things I regret. Um, I'm going to have to get some, some, some wood glue to, to <laughs> put it back together. Get rid of these claw marks. <laughs> um, all right. So the other thing that's new is we started the second annual summer movie wager. Uh-huh. Uh, four people. Really, it's three people. <laughs> but four people entered. Uh-huh. And, um, but, but, I mean, even then, really, it's two people, right? Really, it's two people. Okay. Um, and so we don't need to go over it, but I'm going to put up the summer movie wager that we do against any other summer movie wagers. This is ready to package and ship. Yeah. Um. All the other ones are either not enough sample size, you know, too easy. See, now I was leaning towards the opposite of that. We're filling this one out, putting the amount of work that I put in this that I have, watching all those trailers, (laughs) then going to look up, looking at like release schedules, Mm -hmm. what is overlapping, what is a limited release, what is doing all of that has made me think that it's so completely random that it doesn't matter outside of like the first tier which i feel like are are a bunch of like blockbuster movies seem to be more or less easily predictable but then once you get down into those lower tiers it's just like who knows what in the world is going to happen to these movies exactly um so in that sense i feel like it's anybody's it's anybody's game anyone's game yeah and that's and that's how i Kind of want it to be. There's a, there's a lot of ways to score points. Um, but instead of talking about that, uh, I thought, um, really quick, any um, any movies that you are looking forward to, and then I wrote some television shows coming up that I wanted to address with you. I don't think so um i mean i'm sure we'll end up seeing the kids movies in the theater but none that you yourself like from the first tier i don't think there's anything there for you once upon a time in hollywood that's tier two right but i'm um, I'm looking through now and these are the movies i'm going to aladdin is one of your favorite cartoons right but you yeah no i mean come on (laughs) give me a break uh my thinking with Rocket Man. Oh, I still ranked it first. See, I, I, I. So a long time. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh. Hmm. 
You're not interested in John Wick 3? No. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Out of the whole summer? <laughs> right. So what is this? What's six times eight? Was that 54? Right? Yeah. You're, you're missing some. Um, well, I just don't know the names then. Yeah. Like, I, I will say, first off, you, you had a real negative reaction to Booksmart about the high school girls who are graduating. I mean, it just looks, I mean, it literally looks like super bad, but with girls, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. So it's like, whatever. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't care. I mean, that's also like, I'm 36. Would I be interested in super bad now if it came out now? <laughs> like we just watched a couple months ago and it's still funny. You watch super bad. Yeah. But I don't know if that it, just, uh, that just takes away any point that you're just about to make. <laughs> but I don't know <laughs> if, it, if came it came out, out now, now shit, if listen, I'd be like, I literally, but just I watched it, it because I liked it so much when it came out, not because I was like, Oh, let me check out this movie. <laughs> it was because, Oh, I love this when it came out. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so you're not interested in scary stories to tell in the dark? No. Um, Midsommar, you have to, that's director of Hereditary, his next horror film. 48. Six, time eight, six times eight is 48. Midsommar, you're not interested? No, not really. I mean, sure, I'll, I'll go see it, but I, I don't have any expectations for it. Yeah, there, there's others that I'm interested, but those are, I, I like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think is the yeah. thing I'm most looking forward to of this year. Um, all right, so TV shows. What's interesting to me, like everybody is so focused on Netflix, streaming platforms being, you know, death of the cinematic experience mm-hmm. and theaters are dying and all that stuff. And I want to say like I don't know that people are talking enough about the rise of television as a viable alternative to films. Mm-hmm. If I want to see stars, you know, c- celebrities, previously they they were like celebrity vehicles, vehicles for celebrities, right? Like that's how the whole structure was set up. It was like a studio would fight to get Humphrey Bogart so they could shove him in all their films. Mm-hmm. Cause people would go see Humphrey Bogart. Um, and then now it shifted, you know, with jaws, it shifted more to be like the spectacle, like come and see the huge film, um, the event film. And then now like the draw is if I want to see celebrities, they're in all these TV shows. And if I want to see like more engaging long form stories or plots, like why wouldn't I just watch the TV shows? Mm-hmm. And so I pulled out just a handful of shows that I was, if not interested in, I, I knew about. And there are some that I left off that I knew you would just have zero interest in at all. Uh, and I want to get your um, get your take. Okay. And then I maybe I, I want to maybe try and do another s- explicit TV show. True Detective didn't work, but I'd like to maybe try and pick one, and then do a episode by episode discussion of it. Okay. 
uh, moving forward. So maybe we can pick out this list. Okay. Can I say something real quick? Movie theaters are dying because of money. It's not because of quality. They're too expensive? Yes, they're too expensive. And you can't... Uh, 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 Avengers just made a billion dollars, literally one over one billion dollars in one weekend, and yet movie theaters are dying. You know what I mean? And it's because they're being squeezed by you know Hollywood or whatever. I don't know like the whole economics of it, but you can't tell me that one movie makes over one billion dollars in a weekend, and movie theaters are dying. You know what I mean? And I go to the movie theater, and it's twelve dollars per ticket, and it's. Fifteen dollars for a thing of popcorn. I mean, it's insane how expensive going to the movies are, and like this stuff is dying because it costs too much money. Period, across the board, because everything is super expensive. Because we're being squeezed for profit, for more and more profit. Right, we're getting the brunt of the effect of that for for pennies of profit on the dollar to the people at the top. Right. I mean, that's the way it works. Like, I we would be at the movies. Every single weekend, multiple weekends, if a movie ticket was $5 and a thing of popcorn was $3, you know, you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. they were reasonably priced, but instead, because going to the movies as a family for us, a family of four is like $80, we can only do it like occasionally. You know what I mean? It's just way too expensive. Like my mom took the girls to a movie the other week. And she's like, yeah, I went in there and I bought them a popcorn and a bottle of water. And it was $20 just for that. I mean, that is ridiculous. And like, I'm not blaming the movie theaters. Like, obviously, they're doing what they have to do to like cover costs. Like, and I'm not saying they're perfect either. But like, if you once you get to like that, that level of like absurdity, like something is wrong in the system. You know what I mean? Like Netflix is not killing like going to the movies is a great experience regardless of what movie you see almost. It's just fun to get out and go to a movie theater. You know what I mean? It's I would a hundred times out of a hundred. If you said, Hey, would you rather watch this movie on your couch on TV or go to a movie theater and have the movie theater? like the ideal movie theater experience. Mm-hmm. If you take money out, out of it completely, I'm going to the movie theaters because it's more fun to go out. Just like, Maybe this is a radical opinion. I would much rather go to a blockbuster, walk the aisles, pick a movie out, come back home and watch it, than scroll through Netflix for 30 minutes. I'm with you on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the experience in and of itself is a, is a good, nice, fun, cool experience, right? But all that stuff is being, you know... I think it's being just sort of squeezed out of us and it's more like, you know, like it's insane to me just on its face that, that, that one movie, and that's not even the only movie that Marvel's releasing this year, right? One movie in one weekend makes over a billion dollars and yet movie theaters are struggling to stay open. Like, how does that even work? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I don't have the solutions either, but I feel like, and, and I, I feel like I saw it. You, you see it with industries where you just feel like, oh man, there's no way that we can like deal with whatever it is, automation, 
uh, you know, robots are going to take over everything or, you know, theaters are going to get replaced or the retail space is just screwed because of online stuff. But I feel like you don't see a lot of innovation in these areas. You just see like a grim progression straight into the iceberg. You yeah. know what I mean? I I feel like there is a battening down the hatches way early instead of thinking about how can we address the issues with people's access to our product? How can we either present it in a different way? Can we tier a a system, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to have a elite experience could i go to a theater pay extra for that but if i want to have a cheaper experience without reclining seats without maybe all the bells and whistles of dolby atmos or whatever Mm -hmm. i can go to that same theater go to you know uh a screen next to the other one and pay a cheaper price. Sure. You know, because number one, they, they there's tears already. There's like, do you want 3D? Do you want fake IMAX or do you want 2D? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I mean, like, 2D is expensive. Yeah. 3D is even more expensive. And for like the, my sheet, my, my sheet, my seat is shaking is crazy, ridiculous. And I wouldn't want to do that anyway. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, maybe swing the other way, maybe offer that. And with the other, theater maybe be like yeah these seats are older you know the sound is decent right uh but the ticket's five bucks yeah exactly yeah and and like we go through that list i'm not paying twelve dollars i'm paying twelve dollars to see one movie on that list once upon a time in the hollywood right if they're five dollars i'll go see as many as i want you know what i mean like it doesn't matter it's five bucks who cares yeah but twelve dollars, you know what I mean? It just is like the, the value's not there. It just, and it, and I think too. Again, this is and this is a completely different conversation. But there's just a there's value to the experience of like committing to do something. You know what I mean? Outside of the actual experience itself, there is value to the commitment of walking into a blockbuster picking something, going back home with it and being and starting yeah. it and being like, I don't like this. Yeah. And not being able to just back out and search for right. something else and being like, well, I rented it, so I have to finish yeah. it. You know what I mean? Or circling something over and over and over again. You see it once, you don't get, you come back, you see it again, you're like, I don't right. know. Then you come back and you're like some of my my favorite films, I can think of two. Ravenous and CQ. Mm-hmm. I couldn't access a lot of information on them. Maybe a trailer that was, you know, low quality online uh, and just actors that I liked. And I remember seeing it on the shelf. One time I went, I was like, I'm going to get it. It wasn't there. Built up my expectations. It was there the next time I got it. And I love both those films. And I think that there is something to that experience. But of course, that experience is gone. Like, you yeah. know, we, we can't make that happen. Although I feel like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, didn't see Blockbuster trying a whole lot. I, I would maybe try some other stuff. The, the one thing that I will say, now that we're talking about this, uh, Indy and I went to go see a film the other day. Oh, we went to go see Avengers. 
I don't know how it came up, but he asked me about like theater going experiences I've had. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It made me remember there's this theater by my house. Four dollars to go see a movie. Yeah. A rat ran over my foot at one of the <laughs> Wonderful. screenings. One of the screenings, I've told you this story. I went to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there. Super excited. And here's the thing, too. The building was old. The rat's looking for popcorn. It's not going to bite you. You put your feet up on the seat in front of you. You're fine. Um, but I went to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They start the film. And it's just a lady running through the forest <laughs> and like breathing heavy. Uh-huh. And you just had a feeling as a kid. You're like, something's not right. Right. This is not. Yes. I just leave it there. We'll replace it in the morning. That's fine if you want. All right. Thank you. So the scene keeps going, you know, they're showing like names of actors and you feel the parents start to get like a little like alert. Uh huh. And I remember like at the end she's running, it, it gets intense. And then the title comes up into silence of the lambs <laughs> and like kids started crying. <laughs> parents ran out uh-huh. like they screwed up the reels. Yeah. And so they couldn't fix it. They just stopped the films in both theaters and then brought the Science <laughs> of the Lambs crowd into ours. And uh-huh. then we went into Science of the Lambs. I remember, number one, a ton of old people coming in and being like, why do old people watch scary movies? <laughs> like getting scared of uh-huh. old people. And then walking into the theater with the title being Science of the Lambs and walking in there. Yeah. And, and that was a film, too. Like it was an event. Like you knew. This had cannibalism. Right. You know? Yeah. It had um, a mystique about it. Yeah. That, that is what you were going to get in that theater. But that theater stayed open because it was $4. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those theaters don't exist anymore. I don't know why. Like, maybe don't let rats in there. But, <laughs> you know, if, you, if, if, if there was just a guy who was running a beat up theater, but it projected well, like you could get through the film. There wasn't like audible popping. It was annoying to watch, mm-hmm. but you just knew this guy's got, he could, we could be in the wrong theater. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff could happen, but for dollars, uh, I would go there. Yeah. Roll the dice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Bring back the scummy theaters. Cheap scummy, because I feel like <laughs> there are scummy theaters, but there's oh no now the $20. no yeah they're still expensive. Yeah. The dollar theaters or whatever are still like nine bucks. A Cinema matinee, Cafe. right? A matinee is still eight nine dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of it being like five bucks. Yeah. Anyways, okay. TV shows. TV shows. Catch twenty two. All right. This is a book I bought you that you never read. Yep. George Clooney. Um, Kyle Chandler. A-list cast. Okay. 
one of my favorite books of all time coming to Hulu. Okay. I think Amazon, one of those two. Any interest? No, I don't know anything about it. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, don't know anything about the book that your friend bought you. Right, yeah. That's literally the only thing I know about it. Swears that you like it a lot and you bought it for me once and I never read it. Who swears <laughs> by by the book. Yeah. Doesn't move the needle for you. Mm-mm. I mean, that doesn't make me know anything about it. Based on a book your friend bought you who swears by it. Do you think that should make me excited for the TV show? You know, I, I, I like, listen, I'm not it, saying do that's you think be if good. your level of excitement and you buying the book for me didn't <laughs> prompt me enough to get into it that just knowing that they're now making a TV show is going to make me I excited knew for nothing it? about the Southern Reach trilogy or Annihilation <laughs> until you told me. As soon as you told me, I got interested. Got interested in the uh, film. Well, maybe you need to work on your uh, hype man game then. Maybe I'm just a better hype man than you. Uh, maybe I'm too trusting <laughs> and you don't trust me enough. Yeah, you have trust that issues. Be. That could be. Yeah, we, well, we know that. Anyway, Catch 22, I remember reading the book, being blown away. That, 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 that's what hurts is we are now de- over a decade in the future. Mm. And my love of Catch-22 still is not It's also known as like a polarizing book, though, right? No. It's universally loved. What do you mean by what what is universally loved? It's a modern classic. Yeah, I understand that. But I always thought that it had its like detractors. Detractors, yeah. Dummies. All right. Put me in the dummy club. So you you would you, so still no interest in reading this? You, book. you yeah you know you've now pushed me into the detractor club. Now I'm going to pretend that I have read it and that I don't like it. It's such it's such a careful balancing act with you. Mm-hmm. When to strong arm the good cop bad cop <laughs> like uh, uh, equation uh-huh. has to be perfectly calibrated, right. or you will just fly off the handle. Um. <clears throat> Listen, all those things aside, it's one of the greatest books ever written. Sure. Um, Too Old to Die Young, Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Disappeared. He's been making this TV show Uh since, um, what was his last film? Oh, I don't know. The the model one. one. I have no idea. I actually liked it. Um, anyway, he's been doing this for a while. Um, two trailers have been out. Have you seen it either? Um, what are your feelings on Nicholas Winding Refn? No, I don't like him. What movies has he's done? He, he did Drive. He did for Drive. For sure. And I saw that. He did a gangster trilogy before that that I watched and liked. Uh-huh. He did Bronson. With Tom I watched Hardy, some of Bronson, which I I didn't yeah. really like. Um. Then he did. The, Too old to die young is not a great title, I gotta say. It's kind of it's almost like a Marco lyric, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like a dead dog's lyric. Uh, the Neon Demon. 
Oh, right. Was his last one, which again, I, I actually liked, uh, Valhalla rising, which I think starts really well and, and kind of loses, loses me a little bit. Only God forgives, which I did not like. He also seems like a creep, right? Like if something disturbing came out about him, you would not be surprised. Yeah, maybe. I mean, more more than a creep, he seems kind of like a douchebag. Yeah. Is, is what I would say. I'd be shocked if something really bad came out about him. But if somebody's like, geez, I just met Nicholas Winding Refn. He gave me a, a swirly. No. I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, or like he would sign his name like. Um, you know, he's like, fuck you. Right. Steph signing his name. Yeah. <laughs> That's Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Um, Chernobyl on HBO. I know you've seen, they've been pushing uh-uh. that trailer a lot. No. Oh, wait, you don't watch Game of Thrones? No, uh-uh. I wonder if it'd be before Barry. It wasn't. We've gotten the montages, but I have not seen Chernobyl. Um, Chernobyl I'm going to say no. Oh, just does it involve like monsters? No, no. See, Oh, you wanted it to be about monsters. Yes, I do. (laughs) I don't want it to be some serious, (laughs) boring, sad, sap, dramatic thing. I want it to be like mysterious aliens. (laughs) That's so fun. I thought I had you there. I was like, Oh, I know the answer is real. It's the same way. It's the same way I feel about hold the dark. I've given I've I'm given up on Hold the Dark. The book? Yeah, because yeah. I want it to be supernatural. Yeah. Because if it's not supernatural, you know what it is? It's a fictional version of the tiger. Yeah. And I've read the tiger. Right. And the tiger's better. The tiger is amazing. What are you reading anything now? No. I'm gonna start reading Moby Dick. <gasps> oh. Yeah, it's it has weirdly come up like Chapo. Chapo was talking about it. Best show was talking about it. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll jump on board here. Listen. But if I hadn't just picked that up, I would start, at least try and start reading Catch-22. With that being said, I have not successfully read or listened to completely an audiobook or read an entire book in a very long time. <laughs> um, two books you should read. Number one, I recommended this to Chris and came back on my radar. And I picked up my old copy, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. Short book. Real good. Okay. I will, I will grant a, um, a stay of Catch-22 for the purposes of Moby Dick. Moby Dick is great. Are you, I, I just asked this, but I forgot. Are you reading a physical copy of Moby Dick? Or no, it's on my Kindle. On your Kindle? Okay. So Chernobyl is just a serious drama. Serious drama. It looks, you know, well shot. Like it doesn't look like it's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm interested in how the show will separate from a nonfiction account, like the areas that they will choose to like puff up. Yeah. Well, if they know Especially about Chernobyl, yeah, like, if they know what's good for them, it will be aliens slash radiated monsters. <laughs> um, the Deadwood film. Okay. Um, interested. Uh, did you read that article I sent you? I didn't. 
Okay. I probably won't watch it, to be honest. I never watched the third season. Never? Mm-mm. Why? Uh, because... You're the one who got me into... We need to go back on a list of things that you got me to watch or read uh-huh. or listen to that then when I come back to you, I'm like, oh, hey. And you're like, oh, I didn't finish that. And I'm like, right. what? Because this was the history of Deadwood. So writer strike. Well, the first season comes out on DVD and this was at the heyday of DVDs, right? DV collecting DVDs is, are huge. Yeah. The big Nice big HBO box sets oh, are yeah. coming out. We're we are in, uh, not in college. I was like a groundskeeper at the time. I was taking up. I had dropped out, right? So I remember going to Best Buy, getting season one box set of Deadwood, going back to my apartment on the weekend, and literally not leaving my bed for like two days, watching all of season one. Back to back to back to back to back to back to back, and being did hooked. You, wh- why did you buy in the first place? People were talking. Yeah, about because it, or, yeah, okay. because it had a reputation. So then I wait. However long I have to wait for season two to come out on the box set. Season two is amazing, and then mm-hmm. in the time between season two being out and me watching it and season three airing, all of that stuff comes out about. They've canceled the show. Season three is incomplete. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. But ultimately, the show ends. But it's not an ending. It just is the end of a season. So I was like, I don't want to be left with that. So I just never watched it. (laughs) And now you won't be. But, well, okay. So that, yeah, exactly. That leads me to where I'm at now. Well, now I could go back and watch season three. When am I going to do that? Julia refuses to watch Deadwood. She's not interested in, in like Western type things. So now I'm going to have to find an independent, what is it, six episodes? It's less than, it's a half, it's a half season. Okay, so however long, I'm going to have to find that independent of watching it with Julia or like doing whatever else. And then I'm going to have to watch the movie. So... And it's been so long at this point. I don't even remember. I don't remember what happened. Mm. I remember one thing about Deadwood that I loved the first two seasons. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I'm watching it with Elise. We're working our way through it. And it's also, yeah. I don't know. I love Deadwood, but. I, well, not. After the way. No, you don't. After the <laughs> way season three was handled i was just like man i don't want to be like i don't i don't want that i don't want to watch it knowing that either that or i'll think i was thinking like maybe i'll just wait until they finally do wrap it up not thinking it would be like 10 years later you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because when it initially was canceled the rumor was like oh well they're going to do two like movie length long episodes to wrap it up Mm -hmm. and then they just never did yeah and Uh, then he did that Dumb John from Cincinnati show or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Nosferatu. Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son, wrote the novel. Uh-huh. And I read it. Is there it. a reason it's spelled like that? Is it about racing? Is it like racing vampires? <laughs> it's a license plate. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really like the... 
really like this story. So wait a minute. Is it about racing vampires? No. Okay. Um, He's done something else, though, Joe Hill, and I feel like I didn't like it. Yeah, I've read a few of his stuff. I've read a few of his books. I like his style. He he definitely, like, writes like his father. And yeah. Nosferatu feels like a sprawling Stephen King story. Lots of characters, takes place over decades. Holy cow, he looks exactly like his dad, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. But I am, I am interested in the show. I did enjoy the book. Um, that's coming soon. Stranger Things. You are not a fan, right? I think the problem with Stranger Things is that... Too many other people like it. <laughs> yeah. The, I feel like a lot of the magic from the first season just comes from the sort of unknown you know what i mean comes from it being this thing involving unknown filmmakers unknown actors it's obviously playing uh, it's leaning a lot on nostalgia and this feeling of like discovery that you've discovered there wasn't like a huge press blitz leading up to it it was more of a watermouth thing and i don't think obviously you just can't recapture that mm-hmm. now that it's gotten so popular but i also haven't gone back to like rewatch the first season to see if i was getting more caught up in that or if it's like actually really good mm-hmm. because we did the same thing that i did with deadwood with stranger things where like julie and i sat down that first season and we finished it in like three nights or something um and then the second season was, I thought it was disappointing. I didn't think it was bad. Right, right. But, and so, you know, it's sort of trying to figure out, well, how much of it is, is it, did I not like it? Mm-hmm. And how much of it was, now you I'm know expecting it. the same experience of like wanting to like just keep playing the next one. Yeah. When really a lot of that was just sort of like this unknown, you know what I mean? Phenomenon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch it. I enjoyed season two. I agree it wasn't as, as uh, satisfying as season one. Yeah. And for a lot of the same reasons you, you said. So what is Nosferatu? <laughs> oh, you want me to tell you the yes. story? Well, that's it. Like, I was it's trying. It's a TV show. Yeah, it's, com- it's, it's going to be a TV show. Who's in it? Um, is it it's, it's about a vampire. Yes. So let me see. Nosferatu. <clears throat> I'm okay. I don't know who the actors casting characters. All right. Um. Yeah. Zachary Quinto. Okay. Um. I need pictures with these people. He's the guy from Star Trek. Spock. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And heroes. He plays Charlie Manx. Uh, so I, I'm. Hmm. Oh. Guy from Girls. Adam Driver? No. Oh, the guy Ebon from. Uh... Moss. So honestly, a lot of people I don't recognize. Um, 
Was he the guy in uh was what was that movie about the disease or whatever? <laughs> With the door? With the Where the door. door stays locked or whatever? They're like in a cabin in the woods. What's it called? You're, you're talking about the dark? Yeah. Um no. Or not 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 that I know of, I don't know. Who's the guy from Girls then? The nerdy guy? No. Um you you didn't watch Girls. You you wouldn't know this guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I saw like the first season maybe. No, he com- he comes in later. Oh, okay. He's he's this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know who that right. is. Right. So honestly, honestly, it's it's a lot of no names, but um, <clears throat> coming to AMC, uh, I really like the um, I, I really like the novel. Like I said, um, do you want to do you want a little synopsis of the story? Or no, that's all right. Are you good? I'm tuned out as soon as you said AMC. <laughs> Why? <laughs> AMC sucks. Yeah, Name a good show on AMC. Mad Men? The, the, was the Americans on AMC? I believe so. Mad Men Better seems Call, very boring. Better Call Saul is on AMC. Yeah. Nothing I've liked is on AMC. You watch Better Call Saul. Nothing I have liked is on AMC. Better Call Saul is one of the best shows uh, of the last decade. Yeah. Well, I don't expect uh, drag racing vampires to change my mind. I tried to correct you, but I know you tuned me out. So, um, the boys, uh huh, coming to Amazon Prime from the creators of Preacher. Come on, another uh, so irreverent. Joe Rogan and his buddy Evan uh-huh. Goldberg, another irreverent superhero story of superheroes yeah. who are more violent and sexually yeah. active. No thanks. Then your normal superheroes don't let mom or dad walk in on you watching this or you're going to get your TV taken away. Are they in a position? Did they get to the level of where they're just like set for life? Like they're always going to have something to do, even though like everything they do is bad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Not everything, but yes, the majority of what they do is bad. I agree with that. And yes, they, they have gotten to a place where what they do gets enough traction yeah. that I think they could kind of just do whatever they wanted. Yeah. They're going to have to do some real politically incorrect stuff to even more. Well, I mean like actually like, do you think they're going to turn into like weird, uh, like what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not alt right, but you know, like weird conservative guys. PC yeah. culture guys. Yeah. <laughs> I could definitely see one of them saying that. Maybe hit, like the writing buddy, Evan Goldberg, just because he, maybe he doesn't get as much like attention as like Seth. I'm sure Seth Rogen, if, if he doesn't genuinely believe it, he knows better. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? He he knows the game. He knows what, right. what not yeah, to yeah. say. Um, yeah, his new movie looks terrible. Long shot. Yeah, is that getting good reviews? I mean, okay. it seems divisive. It only played at a film festival. Oh, okay. Um, but, but people, some people hated it. Some people loved it. Uh, the new season of Black Mirror. No. Not interested. Mm-mm. 
Uh, Black Mirror sucks. And, okay. And <laughs> last but not least, Watchmen. Yeah. Damon Lindelof's Watchmen. I don't know anything about it. I've seen a little bit, maybe like a teaser or something. Um, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Damon Lindelof, you know, we have such a, he, like, he has such a weird history, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, everything he does starts off so well. Yeah. And by the end of it, it's just like, did this guy have any idea what he was doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like his stuff more than you, but. I'd be interested in watching that, though. Okay. That or Catch-22, maybe. I'm not into, like, the history stuff. History's boring. History. What are you talking about? Catch-22 is like a World War II thing, right? It's absurdist. Okay, but it's still, like. Oh, because it's set in a time, yes, time period? Yes, yes, A time period listen, where the focus is going to be listen, on that time period. It's going to be if, like, oh, it's going to be, especially George Clooney. story. You know what? You know what? If this story cut, is set cut. in any time period, not interested. Drop, drop everybody into a white room and let them act. I'll watch that. As soon as you put them in a setting of some kind. <laughs> Completely losing. I'm just saying it becomes too much about that. You know what I mean? Especially with George Clooney. Not with this story. Uh, Watchmen, Too Old to Die Young, Catch 22, if it is getting like (laughs) rave reviews. Uh, If. Um, Okay. My vote is for, I can already see what us reviewing Catch-22 will turn into. <laughs> and if the show... You don't want it, you don't want it ruined. And if, <laughs> you, don't, if the you don't want to have to deal with my bullshit every week. If the show sucks, you will never read the book. <laughs> That's not true. And so I would, I would much rather you read the book so we can even have... A one minute conversation oh, yeah, about true. about when the does book. the show start? The end of this month. Oh, jeez, come on! <laughs> it's not gonna. Yeah, you and Moby Dick. You're gonna Moby Dick is gonna turn. Is into it a your short Dick. book? Well, here's the thing though. Moby Dick on Kindle, fifty cents, right? Mm-hmm. You can't afford not to pick it up. Yeah, except I feel like as soon as you downloaded it, it probably added a little bit of weight to your Kindle, didn't it? <laughs> Magically, somehow it shouldn't have happened, but your your Kindle got a little heavier. Catch twenty two on Kindle. Yeah, ten bucks. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> listen, if we if we knock that down uh, nine and a half dollars, I'd be interested. Yeah. I'll get down, yeah, to 50 cents. That's a lot. Um, so listen, I'd I'd rather you read Catch 22 and listen, it is a hard book to adapt. I think the film version sucks. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Cuz that was so, done by uh, Mike Nichols, right? Yeah. G- great talent. Right. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't even come close. Uh, too old to die young. 
because that could be a complete disaster. Right. It could be a freaking nightmare. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm interested in it. Uh, and Watchmen doesn't come out until like fall. Okay. And Too Old to Die Young, I think, comes out this summer. And is Watchmen supposed to be like, uh, it's like, is it like, like, uh, this is limited, like we're only doing this amount or is it like, Hey, I'm adapting these characters. Apparently it's a limited. So I don't really see the point of that, to be honest, considering the movie outside of the dumb giant squid thing is pretty fairly sticks pretty closely to the comic, right? Listen, I shouldn't have answered that question <laughs> i don't know that came from somewhere in my yeah. brain of like oh you know the answer to this it seems like I we might know. be in like psycho psycho territory right where it's like what's Gus, Van Zandt. Gus Van Zandt remakes it shot for shot mm-hmm. except i mean is Watchmen that important of a thing that they're like listen we know the movie got some things right but it really screwed up this one thing at the end so we have to get it right right you know what i mean yeah um yeah i don't know like watchmen is one of my all-time favorite books so we'll we'll see i just don't know yeah i don't i don't know what new you would bring to it not saying that like the Zack snyder film is amazing or anything but it stuck to a lot of the story and it did what it did uh and the book is one of those that you're never going to make it better than the book so I never thought about it like that, but I guess I would maybe be more interested in like we're adapting the characters, putting them in this. Mm-hmm. We put them in a high school. They're all high school age. <laughs> we put them on an island. We put them on an island. And who uh, knows why the island is there or what's going on, but it's but the watching characters you love. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <coughs> um. So yeah, the last thing, and maybe this is for another episode, but um, so yeah, I'll skip it because I because I I was thinking a little bit. There's a a podcast that you know you you mentioned before, and they they just talked about like hating stuff. Yeah, and you, you're saying how like it kind of synced up with you. Yeah, <clears throat> and I want to talk a little bit about that. I don't know. Yeah, so it was the Shoot the Dancing Bear podcast. It was a while ago, but I think it was nice to uh, not feel bad for disliking as much as I dislike <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and to be like, oh, there are other people who dislike who hate a lot of things. Yeah, I wanted to just maybe we'll just instead of going deep, just kind of surface run over some stuff. Yeah. The first thing that, that I really liked from the episode, and I think this is true is this idea of collective ignorance, selective ignorance mm-hmm. when it comes to certain figures in our media, like Roman Polanski, yeah. Woody Allen, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. R. Kelly. Yeah. People want to like what they like. And we can tend to make simple issues more complicated because we want to perpetuate that that art. 
or we don't want to complicate our enjoyment of it. Right. And I think that that then when it comes out, normally there is like a, oh yeah, or people are like, I knew it. Or then you look back at like a video, like now like after the documentary, people are showing like Michael Jackson songs that he used to groom kids. You know right. what I mean? And you're like, oof. Oops. But it's like, it's there. It's like Michael Jackson is like doing it. And we're all just like, he's weird, you know? Yeah. But like, I don't want to push anymore. Or like, his weird truck. I still remember as a kid, him getting, I forget how the trial ended. Was he exonerated? Was it a mistrial? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I remember him jumping up on the car and dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and me as a kid being like, this is weird. <laughs> he, th- he should not be acting like this. I don't know. Like, but then you still are just like, oh, yeah. you know, just listen to music. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, th- there's that where it's like trusting your gut to hate something or trusting your gut to like respond negatively to something and being like, yeah, it's okay. And not allowing people to be like, stop, you know, harshing my enjoyment of whatever, where it's like, you know, like you could have starting in the 80s been like, why are you enjoying the music of a pedophile? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just. Um, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It sucks. This season sucks. But, you know, it it delivers a base level of enjoyment. And I find myself still watching. And I'm caught between these two reactions of number one. I've read the books. I know what they have to play with. They are not interested in surprising us anymore. They're interested in landing this plane and getting the hell out of Dodge and getting away from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which to a certain extent, I could probably be sympathetic to if that was your life for as long as it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but like the first three episodes of the season are just like, here are the characters, mush them together. Here's a battle scene. Not as many people died as you expected. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That to <laughs> me is what proves that they are just going through the motions at this part, at this point. And I haven't watched, right? Obviously, I, I watched the first season. I've read the first four books. But, you know, this thing is being touted as like the end of Game of Thrones, longest battle scene ever, da 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 da. So I'm like reading as many spoilers as I can to see what's going on. And I just keep thinking to myself, like, that's it? You know what I mean? Like, you have all of this buildup, all of this hype, the, this giant battle. And like, if you're not losing some like major, like, that is to me the thing about Game of Thrones. Is that it, it? That he they are not precious about keeping characters around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if that's not happening, that to me just feels like you have lost the uniqueness of Game of Thrones. You're just going. This is just the Every eighth show. season of insert HBO show here. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and. Again, like you watch it and the battle scenes are impressive. The dragon fighting is impressive. The actual, you know, kind of structure of the battle doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know? It had a laugh out loud moment for me. 
um, <clears throat> for anybody who watches Game of Thrones, somebody needs to light something on fire. And there's a horde of zombies running at them, and they're trying to light this huge trench, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't get it lit, and they're repeating, trying to use witchcraft, right? The last second, it lights up. And it shows it lighting up, and then it cuts to Jon Snow, who's sitting on a dragon. And it, it's like he needs to move away from the fire because he's too close to it. All, all he had to do is tell the dragon to light the trench on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's literally over the yeah. trench. <laughs> right. Somebody just had to be like, John, light the she's trying. She can't do it. Yeah. And then the dragon would have just done it. Yeah. And so it's just like, like, Little things like that, I always struggle with the fact, like, I don't want them to make my vision. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not a professional writer. Yeah. At the same time, I feel like I feel like I could have written a more coherent battle. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I, th- I think I could have actually implemented some things that accomplished what they wanted to accomplish in a way that actually kind of made more sense. Yeah. But in the end, you're like, I watch the whole thing. I was like that's that's a beautiful shot. That's great. Oh, that person died. Okay, move on with my life. What else am I looking for? Right? Mm-hmm. What else am I looking for? And uh and so yeah, it, it's like it's it's it got me where it's like, what are our expectations of these things that we seek out, you know? And in some extent, we're all just trying to like act like these things matter, you know what I mean? And, and putting importance on things that maybe, maybe don't matter so much, uh, just to kind of like get by or, or give us some purpose or distraction even. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why like, I, I like watching people react to this stuff who are genuine. Cause I'm like, I wish I could feel that. I wish I could just be like, my whole life right now is this battle scene. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Without seeing back and being like, eh, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Oh, that's nice. And, and feeling like removed from it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's how you feel about Game of Thrones. And then the last thing that made me think of is just like, um, you know, the, the inverse of overlooking somebody's bad stuff just to access their art. And then I was thinking about like, I watched a film called Under the Silver Lake follow up to the guy who made it follows mm-hmm. uh david robert mitchell oh that's right okay i loved under the silver lake yeah i thought it was great and somebody compared it to southland tales uh-huh. uh richard kelly uh-huh i mean donnie darko yeah, yeah, yeah southland tales sucks yeah and they were doing it as like a positive and it reminded me like all these film critics are in in people that I like read and like who like try to unironically like Southland Tales and the ambition of it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm just like, I've watched the box. I've watched all of Richard Kelly's movies and he is M night Shyamalan without the hit, without a breakout movie. Yeah. The indie M night Shyamalan. <clears throat> He's the indie M night Shyamalan and people crap on M night Shyamalan. And I'm like, is the only reason Richard Kelly gets this treatment is because he's not successful, you know? And if you look, Richard Kelly hasn't done anything from since the box. And I looked up an interview with him in 2017 
And in 2017, he's like, yeah, we're re re-releasing a 4k version of Donnie Darko. And they're like, what are you working on? He's like, Oh, so many projects. I'm so excited. You know, we're, I'm finishing up some scripts and we've got some TV and movie stuff that we're pitching. And he was like all excited. Yeah. We're two years later and he has nothing that he's working on right now, like listed. So it's like, I don't think that he executed his vision the way that he wanted. You know what I mean? I don't think that he's like, my body of work is complete. I'm done. And yet these people are treating him as like an accomplished director. It's like, is it only because he failed? Like, are are you just, are you just reading in to like this narrative, your own narrative to co-opt it? So then you can claim to like Southland tales. Yeah. Or that you can claim to like Richard Kelly uh, or that you can claim to like fat, the fast and furious franchise. It's just like, you know, so many critics are like, yeah, I hate all these mainstream stuff, you know, but man, fast and furious is just pure in its stupidity and embracing mm. that and all that other stuff. It's like, no, it's not. It's like every other dumb mainstream film. Yeah. It's, it just has a veneer of stupidity that you feel like you can read into it to then justify your ironic liking of this thing. Yeah. But if it was, you know, more polished and didn't have whatever, I don't really under, like, I think it's the bad films in it. Like the, like Tokyo drift and stuff mm-hmm. that people like is a bad, good movie. And then that, that it's allows a guilty them, pleasure. Yeah. That allows them to invest, but it's not a guilty pleasure. Right. It's, it's, it's a pleasure pleasure. Yeah. Annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> so just like, just like what you like. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and don't, if the film sucks, just say it sucks. South and tails sucks. It's a failure. Yeah. You know, you wanted to do a, a comics release and a TV show and it all fell apart after the film. You know why? Cause the film sucks. Yeah. It's terrible.